The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Here's an interesting question. Can unbelievers do miracles in Jesus' name? We'll be talking about that today and some of the side issues that go along with it. We're so glad that you've joined us here on Grace in Focus. This is the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Our headquarters are in North Texas. You can find out more about us by going to our website, faithalone.org. If you like what we're doing, you can give to our ministry, but we'd be happy to get any feedback from you just to know who you are, where you're listening. You can email us, radio at faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. I'm really enjoying these questions that folks are sending in, and J.E. has sent in one, and it's kind of a a combination question of sorts. It's another one of the difficult questions you like to gravitate toward. That's right. J.E. asked the question. He talks about the well-known passage in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says on the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things? Casting out demons, mighty miracles, mighty works, and all these prophesying all in your name, in your name, in your name, in your name. That's right. And one of the words he uses there is a word for power, dunamis. And didn't we do these mighty, powerful works in your name? name. And Jesus says, Depart from me. I never never knew you. So he's talking to unbelievers there at the great white throne judgment who are off for the lake of fire. Yeah. Exactly. And so J.E. asked, well, what about the guy in Mark 9? In Mark 9, we see a guy who is casting out demons. And in verse 38, the apostle John says, teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us. He's not one of the 12. And he's casting out demons in your name. Well, maybe not one of the 12. They had more than 12. They had 70. Right. And there was even probably more than the 70. You know, there's 120 in the upper room. Sure. So let's say that he's probably thinking in terms of the bigger group band, right? Like 70 or 100 or whatever the number was. Yeah. We don't know this guy. and He's not one of us. Yeah, he's not one of us. And he's casting out demons. And we told him to stop. And was he casting out demons in Jesus' name? Yeah, in in your name. So same terminology. Powers, in your name. Same terminology that's used in Matthew 7. It says, we saw him casting out demons in your name. And we told him to stop because he did not follow us. All right. And Jesus says... And And at this point, if we the first time we're reading this, we're like, I wonder how the Lord's going to respond to that because... It's fine to cast out demons. That's a good thing. But if he's not following with us, is the Lord gonna is the Lord gonna say, "Well, we need to stop him. He needs to follow us." Or what's the Lord gonna say? So, yeah. what does the Lord say? Jesus says, "Do not forbid him." This is Mark nine thirty nine. For no one who works a miracle, and we might point out the distinction here between the people in Matthew seven, they claim to have cast out demons, right? But here it's this guy works a miracle in my name, can soon afterward speak evil. Yeah, and the works a miracle, it's poeo, to do or to He does a miracle, right. So J.E.'s question, if I could combine these things, is basically what he does is he combines those two things. He says the guys, the people in Matthew 7 who are doing these miracles, 
Or doing them in Jesus' name. Yeah, doing them in Jesus' name. This guy in Mark 9 is an example of that. He does miracles in Jesus', Jesus name, name. And the same Greek word is used for miracles in both places. But yes, and in my name, in my name. In both places. Right. And so his question is, how can someone perform a miracle in Jesus' name if he's not saved? That's his question. Well, I guess my answer would be, in Matthew seven twenty one to 23, we're not told that they did these miracles in yes. Jesus' name. We're told that they are claiming to have done these miracles and also casting out demons yes, and, and prophesy. also prophesying in Jesus' name. So we can think of lots of people today within the Pentecostal and charismatic movement who do not believe in the free gift of everlasting life, but yet who are people who are involved with the signs and wonders movement. Oh, absolutely. And and they may, in their own mind, believe that they have actually cast out demons. I don't even believe demon possession is possible today. I believe it was only—you don't see it anywhere in the Old Testament, and you don't have any commands to— cast out demons in the epistles. And there's no examples of it in the epistles. Right. right. So as a result, it seems to me that demon possession only was allowed between the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the apostles. And once the apostles left the scene, that stopped. So that would mean anybody today claiming to cast out demons is involved in something else. And by the way, all, well, I don't know if all of them, but Many, many, many cults, Mormonism claims to do it. Yeah. Casting out demons, performing miracles. Well, doesn't Catholicism do exorcism? Yes, absolutely. You know, and they, and well, all the, when people become saints, they have to have done what? Two miracles or three miracles in order to become a saint? And they have to be validated. Yeah. Well, I forgot. What is it called? Beification or something like that? Yeah. I forgot what the word is. Beatification. Yeah, whatever it is. Please plan to join us at Camp Copus in Denton, Texas. The Grace Evangelical Society's 2024 National Conference is May the 20th through the 23rd. Good fun, wonderful fellowship, recreational opportunities for the younger ones and the older ones, great teaching on the theme of free grace in the epistles of Peter. There's VBS for kids, too. More information and online registration now at faithalone.org slash events. That's faithalone.org slash events. Please come and join us. So there's lots of people who claim to perform these miracles in his name, but they're frauds. Now, they, they may believe it. Like, I have no doubt that some of these people who claim to be doing these miracles believe it. But well, now, is it possible that an unbeliever could actually do some miracle in Jesus' name? I mean, not claim it, but actually do a miracle and yet be an unbeliever. Do it in the power of... Not in his power. Okay. Just, they just did a miracle. Mm-hmm. They claimed it was in Jesus' name. But what was but the source of it? they're an unregenerate person. If a person did that, what would be the source of it then? Either God or Satan. So you're saying that God could give them the power... I think he could allow, Mm -hmm. might not God allow an unbeliever to, let's say, be involved in a situation where they lay hands on somebody and the person gets well, and they don't get well because the unbeliever is laying hands on them. It's just God's will to heal the person, but God does it while the unbeliever is laying hands on them. Yeah, I I would say— It's possible, wouldn't it? I would say no. No. 
So you'd say that'd be a work of the devil? I would say no, that either yeah, that's... I mean, if there was a miracle. Right. If there's a miracle, it's either appears to be one or... Well, maybe... of course, today, what I see in the Signs and Wonders movement is a bunch of, you know, charlatans. Sure. Is bogus. But... I do think some of these people really think they cast out demons. Oh, I think they believe it. Some of them do. And oh, absolutely. I think some of them believe they are involved in some minor healings. I think they don't really believe they're raising the dead, even though they claim now, it Now, some sometime. do. When I was in Zambia, yeah. my students told me that there's preachers who claim to raise the dead. And there's a lot of, well, I had headaches, and now I don't have headaches. Right. And then the prophesying, of course, people can define that any way they want. Exactly. Right? So they can say, what you and I are doing now is prophecy. <laughs> right? It's not, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got unbelievers there in Matthew 7. But J.E. asked the question, is that what's going on in Mark 9? So what is going on in Mark 9? Yeah, my view in Mark 9 is that the difference is this guy does these things. He does this work. He does them. So this is a legitimate miracle. And you'd say in Matthew 7, they don't. That's right. And I would say that in Matthew 7, these guys are unbelievers. This guy in Mark 9 is a believer. And how do we know he's a believer? Well, number one, I would say because he actually cast out the demon. But the other thing is in verse 40, he says, he who is not against us is on our side. This guy is on our side. So if he's on our side, that implies he's a believer. Right. He also says in this verse, and we didn't discuss this, he will by no means lose his reward. That's in the following verse. Yeah, this is in verse 41. He will by no means lose his reward. Now, that's not the same guy. That's What does 41 say? Well, verse 41 says, for, and in this conversation, I have to think this guy is the example Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, as surely I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. But now I, this guy who does the casting out of demons was not giving cups of cold water. Yes, but I think— I mean, The principle applies. He though. is serving. So basically— He's 40, not against us. 41 and 42 are both dealing with eternal rewards. Right. And, and basically, since it immediately follows this, it suggests this guy is laying up eternal rewards. This reward. guy is not against us, is what he says. He's not against us. He's on our side. All right, let me, let me and give if you he's an... serving us, he's going to get his reward. All right, I have an example of this. I happen to believe there are millions of people on earth— who agree with what we would call a focused free grace position. Right. But I don't know a million. We don't have a million people involved with Grace Evangelical Society, right? We send our magazine to about 7,500 people and another 3,500 or 4,000 get it electronically. And then untold numbers read it online. I don't know. You know, individual articles probably are seen by 100,000 or more people. But we don't know exactly. I don't know all these people, but I know they're out there. And so there's a tendency on my part at times to think, like Elijah, woe is me, I alone <laughs> I'm am the only one. one. I hear that a lot. But the truth is, there are a lot of them, but I just don't know all of them. But I think from this passage, the fact that people are not involved with Grace Evangelical Society is neither here nor there. Right. If they are in agreement about the free gift of everlasting life is by faith apart from works... And you must believe in Jesus for what he promises, which is the gift of God, everlasting life. Then they're with us. They're There's not people us. who believe that who's never heard of us. Right. They don't even know Bob Wilkins' name. Yeah. And or Zane Hodges. And I just want to say also in verse 42, 
in the same conversation, the Lord says, whoever calls one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble. Here's my point. The disciples were causing this guy to stumble. They were saying, stop serving the Lord. They're putting a stumbling block. They're putting a stumbling block. And Jesus says, the one who believes in me. So if I could summarize, the guy in Mark 9 is a believer. And we know the people in Matthew 7 aren't right? because he says, depart from me. And so I would say the guys in Matthew 7 are claiming to do these miracles. The guy in Mark 9 is doing those miracles. All All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Ken. And remember, keep grace in focus. There you go. We would love to know where you are when you are listening to us. Please take a short minute to send us the call letters of this station and the city where you are listening and how many times a week you listen. Thank you. You will be helping us with our stewardship. Send it to radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other Free Grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our next episode, Do Children Who Die Have Glorified Bodies in the Millennium? Great question. We'll tackle it next time. Until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.